Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Have you noticed any Latter-day Saints crushing their water bottles? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Aaron Shafawalif, my colleague at MRM. We've been looking at a talk that was given in General Conference in April of 2023. It was a talk given by a 70 by the name of Alan D. Haney, H-A-Y-N-I-E, and it was titled, A Living Prophet for the Latter Days. We're at the portion of his message where he has made it very clear now to his listeners that there are times when it is necessary to dismiss the words of past prophets and hold on to what is being told by the living prophet in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, he's going to tell a story. He says, I love the parables used by Jesus Christ to teach gospel principles. I would like to share a real-life parable of sorts with you this morning. One day, I walked into the cafeteria at church headquarters to have some lunch. After getting a tray of food, I entered the dining area and noticed a table at which all three members of the First Presidency were seated along with one empty chair. These are the top three guys when it comes to authority in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Every one of these men would be known by a faithful member of the church, you would think. Well, he certainly recognized them. He says, my insecurities caused me to make a quick detour away from that table, and then I heard the voice of our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, saying, Alan, there's an empty chair right here. Come and sit down with us. And so I did. Near the end of the lunch, I was surprised to hear a loud crunching noise, and when I looked up, I saw that President Nelson had stood his plastic water bottle straight up and then flattened it and replaced the lid. President Dallin H. Oaks then asked the question I wanted to ask. President Nelson, why did you flatten your plastic water bottle? Nelson replied, it makes it easier for those who are handling recyclable materials because it doesn't take up as much space in the recycling container. While pondering that response, Mr. Haney says, I heard the same crunching sound again. I looked to my right and President Oaks had flattened his plastic water bottle just like President Nelson. I then heard some noise to my left and President Henry B. Eyring was flattening his plastic water bottle, although he had adopted a different strategy by doing it while the bottle was horizontal, which took more effort than with the bottle straight up. Noticing this, President Nelson kindly showed him the bottle straight up technique to more easily flatten the bottle. Now, when he says this, there's naturally some chuckles in the crowd because this was meant to be a light, comical moment, if you will. Haney goes on to say, at that point, I leaned over to President Oaks and quietly asked, is flattening your plastic water bottle a new recycling requirement of the cafeteria? 
President Oaks responded with a smile on his face, Well, Alan, you need to follow the prophet. Now, I'm sure that Oaks meant this more in a tongue-in-cheek type of way, but at the same time, maybe not so. I think the reason why Haney is saying this is not because it really matters how you crush your water bottle. The fact is, you better be listening to what the prophet says, and you better be following his example. And that's exactly the thought that seems to get across in this story. In other words, it's really not about the water bottle. It's about the principle of following the prophetic counsel of an inspired prophet, if he really is inspired of God. Now, as a Christian, in principle, I agree that if a prophet is truly of God and he is giving prophetic counsel inspired of God, we really ought to immediately obey all the way. The, The question, of course, though, Aaron, comes down to this. Why is it that we don't believe that LDS prophets are those kind of true prophets that we should believe? I think the criteria for them has certainly been lowered, and Haney is bringing it out in this conference message. There are problems with some of the things that these leaders have taught in the past that Latter-day Saints living today need to be on their guard lest they believe some of those things that, as you said earlier, are spoiled milk. If I were to become a Latter-day Saint and take these prophets seriously and sustain them as true prophets, I would have to radically lower my view of prophets. What do I mean by that? As a born-again Christian who holds to the Bible, I hold prophets to a very high standard. They will never publicly teach false doctrine concerning God or the gospel. God protects their words from falling to the ground, as it says about Samuel. The problem about LDS prophets is that they have taught things in the past publicly from the general conference pulpit that today are essentially considered heresy within Mormonism. So you end up having to pit the old prophets against the new. Hence, this general conference talk essentially teaches that we ought to prefer the new over the old. This is a really big problem. I call this the Uncle Benny parable. That's another parable for you. Imagine walking into a home and your friends and you are in the living room and you're having a good time, but you hear this scream from the attic and your host says, don't worry about him. That's just Uncle Benny. So they keep this elderly man up in the attic. He says crazy things. They don't want you to listen to him or take him seriously. This is how Mormons treat Bruce McConkie. This is how they treat Brigham Young. He's just like crazy old Uncle Benny in the attic. Don't worry about him. That's not official. That was just his opinion. That's not binding. That's just policy. He was wrong. Uh, That's not in the standard works. Mormons have... A dozen different ways of saying this, but it amounts to, don't worry about him, that's just Brigham. Don't listen to him, that was just Bruce. The words he said were not truly foundational. They're not uh, enduring words. Uh, They're less like uh, a fine wine and more like spoiled milk. Isn't it ironic that this story that he tells took place in a cafeteria? When you have people like Russell M. Nelson saying that there shouldn't be such a thing among LDS members as what he called cafeteria obedience. And let me read that quote again. We've cited it on this show several times. He says, Teach of faith to keep all the commandments of God, knowing 
that they are given to bless his children and bring them joy. Warn them that they will encounter people who pick which commandments they will keep and ignore others they choose to break. I call this the cafeteria approach to obedience. It seems like Haney is teaching a type of cafeteria Mormonism. He's not saying embrace everything that our prophets have said. He's saying to be selective. And if there's something in the past that might cause you problems, and let's say the church today has relegated that to not being something you should believe, then reject what the past prophet said and embrace what the living prophet has said. What strikes me as odd that the statement that I just read was given by Russell M. Nelson, the very man who was in this story in a cafeteria when Mr. Haney is walking by with his tray of food and he's allowed to sit down with these leaders in the church. Though I don't expect Nelson to have any kind of prophetic insight that Haney would be giving a talk like this, he's now given the talk. Don't you think that maybe Nelson should have recognized, wait a minute, we shouldn't be talking like this. But you see, Nelson doesn't recognize that. Nelson, even though he says we're not supposed to have this cafeteria approach to obedience, is by his silence acknowledging what Haney is saying as something that perhaps is true. You can see the confusion here. Yeah, l listen to this. If you're a Latter-day Saint and you're listening to this, maybe you're tempted to treat the Old Testament or the words of dead prophets like spoiled milk, uh, like thorns and thistles, like crazy Uncle Benny in the attic. Well, listen to this. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, watch out for false prophets. You will know them by their fruits. And then he says, you don't go to where the thorns and thistles are to get your figs and grapes. The, the big idea here is that if you're tempted to treat someone as a true prophet, and yet you have to keep making excuses for their thorns and thistles. If you have to wade through the thorns and thistles to get what you think are figs and grapes of a true prophet, you're treating someone like a true prophet that Jesus has warned you about. You are putting up with far too many thorns and thistles with Bruce McConkie and Brigham Young. These are the kinds of men that Jesus warned you about. Another question for you, if you are a Latter-day Saint, do you have as high a view of the prophetic counsel of dead prophets as Jesus did. Consider what Jesus did in the wilderness when he was tempted by Satan. Jesus said over and over again, is it not written? And Jesus would appeal to the written word. Uh, Jesus would say, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus says in John 10, scripture cannot be broken. Jesus says he has come to fulfill God's word. None of it, not even a jot or tittle would go unfulfilled. Uh, the word of God is treated as, in, in Psalm 19, it's called clean and pure. Hebrews calls it living and active. So do you have as high a view of the prophetic counsel of old prophets that's inscripturated? It's at least written down. Do you have as high a view of the Old Testament? And do you have as high a view of the inspiration of God of prophets? as Christians do. I would argue that you end up having to radically truncate your view of inspiration and God's word because you're trying to make excuses for the thorns and thistles that you find in your own prophets.
I don't know if there's any way that a Latter-day Saint could say otherwise to what you just said. We gave the story, for instance, in a previous broadcast about Wilford Woodruff telling the story of a gathering of leaders, and Joseph Smith was there, Brigham Young was there, and it was a story that was related by 13th President Ezra Taft Benson, where Brigham Young basically said that he would much rather have the living oracles than all the writings in the books. Well, what were the books? He says the books were the Bible, the Book of Mormon, and the Doctrine and Covenants. And as I explained, he did not have a Pearl of Great Price because it was not canonized at that time. But basically what he's saying, here is all the written authority. But when it comes to all this, I would much rather have what a living prophet is saying now. I get the impression that that's kind of what Haney is wanting to get across to his membership. He's doing what Bruce McConkie said when it came to the change regarding blacks holding the priesthood. Forget everything that I have said, McConkie said. Not only what he said or what President Brigham Young or George Q. Cannon or any of these other guys said in the past. Go with what we're telling you now. But when you think about it, down the road, let's say, should we still be here in 20, 30 years? That means everything that they are hearing in conference right now, it doesn't really have the value that you think it does. And it probably is time to reject it. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.